everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. This is Des from The Wellness Project. I'm so glad you tuned in today. Today, I have a great guest. I am interviewing Sandra Coos. She is an intuitive trauma release and self-empowerment coach, Reiki master and teacher, certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator, and published and award-winning author. I'm really excited to talk with Sandra today because we do talk about trauma and we talk about traumatic incident reduction, which I've honestly never heard about before. So I'm very interested in learning about that. I know about EMDR and tapping and things like that that are great for trauma, but I've never heard of TIR. So I'm very interested in that. So I'm looking forward to talking with her. I do need to warn you though, I am giving you a trigger warning right now. We do talk about her abuse as a child and her sexual assaults as an adult. So if you feel like this is going to be triggering for you or re-traumatize you or bring up your trauma, please turn off this podcast right now and listen to the next episode that we have coming out next week. You can skip this one. I don't want this episode to cause you any emotional harm. But for those of you that are interested in listening to this episode, feel free to pause it anytime you get triggered for any reason or at any point. We don't go too deep into her trauma, but I do want to mention it that she does bring it up and we do talk about it and she does mention it. So we don't go very deep into it. So I feel like it will be okay, but I did want to just warn you right there. Thank you so much for listening again. And let's get into talking with Sandra and learn about ways that you can heal from trauma and start on your healing journey and different things you can do to start talking about your trauma if you haven't felt comfortable talking about it just yet. So let's talk with Sandra. All right, everyone. I am here with Sandra Coos. She is an intuitive trauma release and self-empowerment coach, Reiki master and teacher, certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator, and published and award-winning author. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to speak with you. First, I want to just get right into it. A lot of survivors of abuse and sexual assaults have a lot of trouble coming forward with their story and, you know, telling their parents or authorities. So how did you get to that point of being able, I mean, you're so open with your trauma, your history. How did you get to that point of being open about it and speaking up? Well, it was definitely a journey. (laughs) First, of course, I had to heal. And then I had to come to the realization that my story matters. That was the key moment when I actually felt like sharing my story could help someone else because I started seeing it from a different light because when we're being traumatized, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to feel into it. We don't want to talk about it because in a way we feel it's our fault, even though we know it's not, the feeling is still there. It's part of trauma. But once you are risen above it, once you healed that, you can get a different perspective of it. And the first time I shared it, it was at a local event. And I just went up on stage and just talked about it without script. I was terrified. Wow. (laughs) But the feedback that I got was so positive. People were so in awe of my story and that I had the courage to go up there. And they were saying, you know... I went through something similar and I wish I had your courage to really talk about it. It's helped me so much. And this was the moment where I really began to realize that my story can help someone else. That's amazing. And for my listeners that don't know, can you share a little bit about your story and your history? Sure. 
well, to make it short, <laughs> I was molested when I was 12. I was sexually arrested at 14. I was bullied in school from 16 to 17. I was sexually assaulted multiple times between the age of 19 to 25. I was raped at 22 and I was sexually harassed in the workplace. And okay. top it all off, the psychologist that I went to see two years after I was raped, after the first session dismissed me with the words that he believed he already, I, that I already worked through it all and what he was supposed to do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's something I talk about um, quite a bit also is that, you know, some therapists are, you know, sad to say not great. And I've had that experience too. I have gone to a therapist and gone in and talked about my issues. And I've had a therapist say to me, I don't understand why you're here. This doesn't seem to be an issue. And I left the session crying. I was like, I felt worse than when I had gone in. So I always tell people and my clients, I say, you know, if it's not a right fit, you will find a right fit eventually. So, you know, try somebody else that, that will believe you and will hear you and will listen. But I'm sorry you had that experience. That's terrible. Thank you. But really looking back, I'm glad it happened now because it forced me to find my own way into healing. So I really had to go within myself to pick myself back up because after the doctor's appointment, I had literally had rock bottom. That was the point where I said, that's it. It basically gave me the courage to really release my trauma on my own term. Now I've learned so much about trauma on my healing journey because I had to go through it alone. So looking back, I'm grateful all this happened because otherwise I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now. What are some of the symptoms that you personally experienced as trauma? <sighs> looking back, there was definitely depression. No suicidal thoughts, luckily. I don't know how bad it was, but I definitely had PTSD. But back then, of course, I didn't know it. So I don't really have the measure now, but terrified of men. I gained weight after I was raped because everything that happened to me happened when I was thin. And for the longest time, I was afraid of losing my weight because I was terrified of being thin because that's when everything happened. So healing that took a long time. And now I just got to get my butt up and lose the weight. That right. I don't need anymore. So, okay. Yeah. So, you were reactively eating? Yes. I okay. was an emotional eater. I mean, the body is self healing and the body is trying to protect itself, to heal. And in a way, on an emotional level, I was bleeding. So, and the weight gain was a way for the body to protect itself until I had healed. At what point did you realize that you had? these traumatic symptoms? When did you realize this is trauma? Well, it was maybe 10 years ago. I was looking at a mirror and I didn't like what I saw, but I realized I felt safe. And so I was trying to picture myself thin, like what I used to be. And I just had this fear bubble up. And that was the first time I really understood why I kept on sabotaging myself, why I kept on gaining the weight back the moment I lost it. And I understood that in order to lose the weight, I have to heal the emotional trauma. Did you tell anybody about anything that happened? Anybody in your family or any close friends? Were you open about that at any point? Well, when I was molested, I told my mom when I came home. And I'm glad I did because she believed me. So she okay. took me out of the situation. But after that, friends didn't really take it seriously. They just shrugged it off. Like, 
when I was bullied in school, I told my grandma. And I mean, it was my class and the neighboring class. I have no idea what they all had against me, but it was a hell of a year. And she just said, I'll just ignore it and they will stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the usual. But yeah. it, after that, I just stopped confiding in anyone. When I got raped, I didn't really tell anyone. I mean, who would do anything? I remember at one point I told my dad and I said, you know, I really would like to take this guy to court for what he did. I want to stand up for myself. And now he was an officer in the military. And so my dad said, well, it's going to be you against the U.S. Army. Who do you think is going to win? Wow. And so I didn't get any support there either. And so I just dropped it and lived with it. And I, I think this is important to talk about because I, a lot of people do when they come forward, they do get that resistance. And I think a part of it is that family and friends, they don't really know what to say. They don't know how to help. So what advice would you give to somebody that say somebody comes to them with something like this? They've been victimized in some way or have experienced trauma. They're opening up. What would you say to somebody that is hearing that? How can they help? Well, first of all, hearing stories like that can be extremely triggering, Mm -hmm. especially if we also had experienced something like this, or we just can't imagine our friend or family member really experienced that. So it's important to understand that they trust us. They come to us because they feel safe with us. So we can help them by simply listening. At this moment, I don't think any trauma survivor wants an answer or a reason why this had to happen. No, that just when someone that says here, I've got you, you're not alone anymore. This is so important just that they know they're not alone. This was the one thing that I know I would have needed. When I told my mom that I was molested when I was 12, she only said, don't go there anymore. And we never talked about it again. I just assumed she hoped I would forget. Okay because she didn't know how to handle this. So especially when it comes to children and they come to their parents, there are so many thoughts that rush through your mind. And we were so used to trying to fix the issue while we hear about it. Mm -hmm. But this is something we can't fix. So at the same time, we blame ourselves. How could I let this happen, my poor child? And we completely forget the child in the equation because we're in our own mind. Right. So for parents out there, stop thinking. Right now, your child needs you. Just be there. Give her or him a big hug. Say, I've got you. I'll take care of this. And then take care of it so that they know they're safe with you. First of all, it can make the healing process so much easier when they know they are believed. I mean, which child would lie about this? This is what I don't get with parents. Even if it's a family member, what child would make up a story about the uncle? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't get it. (laughs) I think it's easier for some people, like you said, when they don't, a lot of people don't know how to handle this. They don't know what to do. And I think it's just easier to push it under the rug, you know, sweep it under the rug because they don't know how to handle it. So it's just easier to not handle it. So that's why I appreciate that you're so open with your story and that you are raising that awareness because people can listen to this and know what to do and know how to react. And like you said, you don't have to solve this issue right now. It's, It's not solvable in this moment. All that you need to do is support this person who has come to you, you know, let them know you're there for them. Just be there. That's all. Yep. 
I know you were, you were young, you were 12 years old, and then you had this, these other issues with bullying and sexual assault. So did you have a plan for your future? Like, did you want to be, you know, a, a businesswoman or something like, or own a bakery? Like, when did you decide to kind of change your course and help others through their healing? Well, I always remember when I was about 14 years old, I knew that I at some point wanted to have my own business. I have no idea what a thought came from. It just popped into my mind and it was set there. And I knew it had to be something no one else ever did, which is pretty crazy to think that, you know, <laughs> that I will only be successful if I do something no one has ever done before. That was my thinking when I was 14. <laughs> yeah, that's teenager. So then life happened and I got education, I got a job and I hated working for people. I hated to get people tell me what to do. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm Leo. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I think it took a while until I really started to take the jump into entrepreneurship. I mean, I grew up in Germany and I came here to Canada after I met my husband, got married, and we live here now for 17 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so here I had more freedom to express myself. I was always spiritual, but in Germany, it was still very religious, so very tied up. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. But here, I could really open up and explore and express myself. That's where I became a Reiki master and doing all that. And I had like a little Etsy shop for a few years where I made, where I sold handcrafted jewelry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was my first dabbling into entrepreneurship, but my heart wasn't in it. There was something missing. So then in 2018... I came across a poster from Oprah and it said, turn your wounds into wisdom. And that really hit home for me. Wow. That was really the first time I thought about my story and considered maybe that it could be used for something good. And that's how this whole thing started. I was at that moment at that time writing a book about spiritual development called journey to yourself. And before I knew it, I added more and more about trauma healing in there into the book. Wow. I hadn't expected. So if you had told me three years ago, I would write a book about trauma healing, I would have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a farthest from my mind. So my book about spiritual development turned into a trilogy about the journey to yourself with how to heal from trauma being the first one. Okay. So it's really, the more I grew, the more my business and everything around it grew. That's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about your book? Well, Journey to Yourself, How You Live From Trauma is, first of all, my story of abuse and transformation, but it's also a workbook. So I really pick trauma apart. I look at it from every side and really demystify it because we don't really know what trauma actually is. And so I really talk about it from different angles, how we react, why we react this way. And then I add room for notes. I have journaling prompts. I have exercises in there to really help people who want to heal trauma, want just to understand, to help someone else really work through it hands-on because there's not many books like this out there. Most books just talk about trauma and the story, but they don't give you actual actions to take mm -hmm. to really challenge yourself and move through the trauma and hopefully out. Oh, that's great. As for your book, I like that you have a lot of the journaling prompts and action items. So can you tell us a little bit about those action items that you give people? Well, first off, I start with a journaling prompt. It's a very easy journaling technique meant to just release. 
Because when we're holding on to trauma, we're holding on to the emotion, to the thoughts, and there's it's all in our head. And we have to let it go so we can breathe. And start with the exercise that you imagine you have all your thoughts and emotions like a yarn ball in your head. And as you write, and you just write whatever pops into your mind, and you keep on writing, the yarn ball is unraveling and moving like from your head, through your shoulders, through your hands, into the pen, out onto paper. And this will really help you to relax. So it can be a daily practice, very helpful and gentle in releasing emotions that we're keeping pent up. What I continue with then is a little deeper into trigger release. I give a few tips on how to release an emotional trigger. Now, in my second book, I go deeper into the matter. But the first one, I touch on it and make it an easy process. So I talk about a moment when I had an, a super intense trigger come up when I played a video game with my husband and I had no idea what I was coming from and how I understood the root cause and with that released the trigger. So I gently guide the readers through the process because at a bit at the beginning, it can be very intimidating. Are all three of the books out currently? No, I work on a second one right now. I'm hoping to have it done in a couple of months. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. And your first book is available on your website and Amazon. Is that right? Mm-hmm. My okay. website, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think it's on Google play and other online marketplaces, but yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And if you like a signed copy on my website. Oh, great. Okay, great. I love that. And so when did you realize that Reiki can help to heal trauma? Well, first it helped me. Okay. <laughs> and when I started studying Reiki, it for me it was a feeling as if I came home. I felt so at peace with it. And I started to have my own practice and have clients. And wow. those clients that came to me, they all had trauma. So this is how I started to learn, you know, to move, help release the energy and how they felt better emotionally from the sessions. And then I started going to coaching and then traumatic incident reduction. And those three together gave me the tools to understand how everything is leveled because everything is energy and everything that we hold onto in the body is basically energy. So we can release energy with trauma if we allow it, of course, because if we hold on to it, there's not much the Reiki practitioner can do. Okay. You can't force the energy out of us. (laughs) Okay. And did you start going to Reiki specifically for your trauma? No. You know, when you give a Reiki treatment, you automatically receive one in return. So which means I was healing more and more with each session that I gave. And I just allowed it to happen. I allowed it to release. And really, that's all you have to do. Okay. And what made you think to start going to Reiki and to start teaching it? What, What made you get curious about it? Already as a teenager, I knew that something was up with my hands. Like I could feel tingling and it felt warm. And one day I felt drawn to help my dad out of the blue. He had carpal tunnel syndrome, was really in pain. And I was holding my hand over it and my hand got scorching hot. Oh, wow. And my dad then said, well, my pain is gone. So I was basically already practicing Reiki before I even knew what it was or was attuned to it. So then later when I came to Canada and did the same thing for a friend of mine, she said, you know what? You look a lot like Reiki. And I was like, what is Reiki? I've never heard of that. Right. So long story short, two months later, I had my Reiki master who taught me. And six months later, I was a master myself. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yes, it was really just part of my journey was meant to be. And I love it. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Oh, that's great. I've had Reiki done to me one time. I really enjoyed it. So I'm planning to do a few more sessions this summer. It was a really, really great experience. I liked it a lot. Good. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was it was great. So I'm really excited. So I have two sessions coming up in June. So I'm excited about that. Very nice. You are a certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator. Can you explain what that is exactly? Well, in short, it's probably the best kept secret in trauma healing world because it's amazing and no one has ever heard about it. Yeah, I haven't. I've never heard of it. No one has. And this is frustrating. <laughs> It's been designed in the 80s. It was specially designed for trauma and PTSD release. Most people know about EMDR. Right. Yes. It's also trigger release. So it's the same spectrum. But TIR is gentler and it's more like coaching. So it's um, a session sequence of five sessions, but every session is exactly the same. They follow a theme. So it's very predictable, which means there's no surprises for the client once he has been through one session sequence. So basically, first we do exploration. So we talk about one specific person, place, or situation that was traumatizing and is really in the forefront of the person. And then we go into unblocking. And unblocking is a series of up to 20 questions, where each question is asked repeatedly until the answer is no, or nothing comes up anymore. And this is helping to gently release as parts of the big trauma, like little triggers. And this can go up to three sessions. And then by the time we go into the actual traumatic incident reduction, which means we go into the actual incident, most of the triggers are already gone. So it's just the incident that has to be released. And then in this session, the client talks about the incident over and over and over and over again. Usually I have like 20 to 30 repetitions. And this is truly fascinating because at some point, the client yells at me because they're fed up with having to repeat it. But this is right before the emotional release. This is so amazing. All of a sudden, the trigger just pops out and the trauma is not more than a story. Wow. Okay. And how did you discover TIR? Yeah. A friend of mine, she told me about it and said it was pretty amazing. Two months later, another friend of mine said, Hey, they're holding this TIR course right now at the university. You want to go with me? And I was like, sure. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. I had no idea what it was back then, but I loved every minute of it because it makes so much sense. And it's like five or six sessions and you release one traumatic incident for good. It's never coming back and triggers are gone. Mm-hmm. And this is phenomenal. TIR, it's not super popular. Like you said, not, not a lot of people have heard of it. So what would somebody do if they were interested in trying out TIR? How would they find a facilitator? Well, they could come to me. Yeah. <laughs> because you can do it online. Oh, it is? You can do it virtually? Yes. Oh, okay. I have done it virtually since COVID started. And I really like it because, first of all, the client doesn't have to come to my house and then drive back after the session. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about it, they're in their own home, they're safe, they can just relax with a cup of tea after the session and don't have to worry about driving or anything. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can get a little intense, but usually it's fine. But if they want to know more about it, the website is tira.org. And they have all the information there. They have all the practitioners. Their practitioners are all over the world. So they can look for one that's in their area, look for one who has 
like specialties that they really like. The thing is, no matter which facilitator you go to, we all practice the same way because it, the method is the same no matter where you go to. So really, it's always the same way. I really like this because there's no surprises. Once you have done it once, how amazingly it helps and how fast it is. I'm, I'm surprised how quickly this modality really works and no one has ever heard about it. Wow. And I think that's really good for people to know, because I think when they hear TIR, EMDR, tapping, like it's very intimidating, you know, those are very yes. intimidating names. So it's, it's nice that you lay it out that way. So people know what to expect. There's nothing to be afraid of. And it works wonders. I have oh, seen changes in my clients. That's amazing. They were so trapped in their trauma and releasing it. They start going back to school. They're changing their complete life. They go for their dreams. They, it's incredible what happens after the sessions. How long have you been practicing TIR? Um, three years now. Okay. Oh, wow. That's great. I did a one year certification. So this year just became certified. Okay. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. That's Thank amazing. You. Yes. A lot of things happened this year. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. That's great though. So you said it's about five sessions. Five or six sessions to release one traumatic incident, yes. Okay, gotcha. And a lot of times when there's like similar incidences going on, they all ride on the same trigger. So if you release the most intense one, the others just fall away and are not important anymore. I've seen this a lot. So you don't have to necessarily go through each and every one of them. Check it out. It's so amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm practicing it, but because I see it working every time when I work with my clients. Right. Yeah. You believe in it. That's great. And so if people, I know you said if they have like a similar trauma, they could work on, you know, those in those five to six sessions, but if they have um, different traumas that are pretty different, they could start again. Would you recommend they start again right after, or do you recommend a break? No, we start right after. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, great. Usually sessions are like once a week. If someone likes to have more than once a week, that's totally fine with TIR. I've had a client who I did two sessions per week for about three months until she was like, okay, I need a break. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't matter how many you have during a week, but I would suggest one per week at the very least to keep okay. the momentum going. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So what would you say to those that have experienced trauma? But like I said before, they, you know, they feel ashamed. They don't want to come forward with their story. Like you said, they feel that guilt, even though they don't deserve that guilt, but a lot of people that have experienced trauma do feel that guilt. What would you say to those people that are holding that shame and guilt and don't want to share their story? First of all, when something traumatic happened, it was out of our control. There was nothing we could have done about it, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing that we should punish ourselves for. And trauma is not a life sentence. We have every right to let it go. It's just a part of our story. But the fact that we keep on going back to the incident is why we can't heal because we stay stuck in the incident. Talking about it for the very first time is intimidating, but it's so empowering. Having the feedback from someone else, it's amazing. It gives you a feeling like you have a purpose. Right. And like you said, that that incident, whatever, whatever that traumatic event was, that's something that nobody has control over. These are things that happen to us in our lives. And that is why it is traumatic. And I feel like, like you said, sharing that story, you gain control back and you gain that power and control back over your life. And there are some 
very easy ways to start to write down a story. I mean, you, if you just write down a story, but without wanting to share it, that's fine. But just writing it down is so healing in itself. Bringing it to words, maybe for the first time ever, is so healing. But when we think about sharing a story, writing it down, it's intimidating because we're so full of emotions. Right. When I have clients who want to share their story, I always give them like, points on what to do. So first I would suggest just write down bullet points of what happened. Okay. And then pick one that you feel comfortable starting with. You don't have to start at the beginning. I mean, my books, I write all over the place. <laughs> so I yeah. don't go from beginning to end, whatever I'm feeling drawn to. So you really just use one incident you feel comfortable talking about and you just start to write just the facts, what happened. And then you go to the next one. And just write out what happened. So really just the facts. And then you start to go a little deeper and start to add things of how you felt. So and the deeper you get, the more comes to the surface and the more you're releasing by writing. But really step by step. First bullet points, then pick one incident and just write down the facts and then start slowly to go deeper. I think that's a great tip. And I, I always recommend that to journaling for yourself. And I tell people, you don't have to share this. I mean, you could rip it up, you could burn it, but just getting those feelings out to be, you know, cohesive thoughts. Cause like you said before it's thoughts out on a piece of paper or with your words, it's just that feeling deep inside you in your stomach, in your chest. And it's just very heavy. Yeah. I know you talk about the roadmap to healing. So can you talk about that a little bit? What exactly is the roadmap? Well, the roadmap to healing is trigger release. Plain and simple. Okay. Triggers is really what makes the trauma. Triggers are like an alarm system. You know, when we were traumatized, we had our control taken away from us. We were powerless. And that's really one of the reasons why we get stuck in trauma because there was nothing we could have done about it. And this powerlessness is terrifying. And this is one of the reasons why we can't let go of the trauma. So working through the triggers, releasing them is the roadmap. So an easy way, what I always do, I mean, I still get triggered from something, not really the trauma, but some child to what my mother taught me and now bugs me and things like that so I still have triggers come up but I actually am excited about that because I know that something else is ready to be released so for me I see triggers as a guiding light because they show you what leads your attention within yourself when you're being triggered by someone else you have to understand that it's not them it's you so once you understand that after you're being triggered and you had some time to calm down you can Start by trying to determine what you were actually feeling. Because when we're being triggered, we're upset. We are in blind rage. We are sad, angry, anything. But it doesn't really tell us how we feel. So first thing, we have to understand how we feel. We have to give the emotion a name. So was it shame? Was it guilt? Was it the feeling of not being good enough? Was it the feeling of being dismissed? judgments, anything. We have to understand the feeling. Once we understand the feeling, we can ask ourselves, okay, where did I feel like this before? And then you, then you just follow the trigger by looking, by going through your mind when, to the next image that comes up, when you felt like this, and then you look at it. And by looking at it, you bring understanding to it. By understanding it, you're starting to release it. 
And then I say, okay, where else did I feel like this before? Because a trigger like that of such a magnitude where it really explode, it's not just one incident. It was building up over time. So then we go to the next incident and understand that. And after that, we go to the next one until we come to the root cause. And the root cause, we know it is because it's the most intense. And usually it's the childhood for most triggers. That something happened there, the very first incident that now doesn't seem a big of a deal to us, but as a little child, it could have meant a lot. Mm-hmm. So once we understand that, we can even hug our younger self, give it love and say, you're going to be okay. You're going to do amazing things. And really start to release the pain from the childhood. And that's how we release triggers. Any trigger is just really understanding how we're feeling and then following the trigger until we understand the root cause. And that is the roadmap to trauma healing. Okay, great. Thank you for explaining that. And yeah, I think it's important for people to understand how they're feeling and to confront and acknowledge their feelings, become aware of them because so many people push their feelings down. And like you said, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And then there's an explosion. And so, yeah, I think it's very important that as these feelings are coming up, not to push them away and ignore them and to actually confront them. And if they're not feeling comfortable confronting them on their own, confiding in somebody like a trusted friend or family member or, or seeing a therapist or a facilitator like you. So I think that's very important for people to, to hear. The thing is that we always suppress our negative emotions because we were taught we have to feel happy. Mm -hmm. We were taught to wear a mask. If you feel bad, okay, no one cares or no one has to see that, especially as women. Right. (laughs) But our negative emotions tell us so much. They're so important. They're not there to hurt us. They're just saying, here, this needs our attention. Because unless there was something that needed healing, you wouldn't react negatively in the first place. So really allowing the emotions to be whatever they are and being okay with that is so helpful in healing trauma. Just allowing ourselves to feel however we feel, accept it, love it, and then understand it so it can leave. This is so powerful. Yeah, very powerful because our feelings are very powerful and sometimes they get out of control. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing these tips and telling us all about your book. And I know you have a freebie for my audience. Can you tell us about the freebie that they could pick up? Yes, I have a guided meditation that I recorded. And it's one that will help you to release negative energy, emotional, physical pain. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. That was so generous of you. And I'm sure my audience will love it. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for talking with us today. All right, everyone. What a great episode. Thank you so much, Sandra, for being so open about your past trauma. I think it's really helpful for other people to hear. And I love that you're spreading awareness and trying to help other people heal through theirs. So everybody, you can check out all of Sandra's stuff in the show notes. I'm going to share her social media. I'm going to share where you can get a hold of her book. And she has great blogs on her website as well. So definitely check those things out. All the links are in the show notes. And like she said, you can pick up her freebie. It's a guided meditation that is also in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week.